We all have our favorite locals, a place where we can go to pick up some milk or bread, a place where our kids can go to grab one of their favorite junk foods, a local restaurant or a coffee shop that we can walk to where the owners know us by our first names. But with the COVID-19 pandemic, these small businesses have been the biggest casualties. Many have been forced to close, leaving storefronts all across the city boarded up. Will we ever see a return to what was once our vibrant main streets? I'm Desmond Brown, and this is Sold in the Six. Today, I'm going to speak with one of our country's leading marketing experts, Tony Chapman. He was the founder of two international advertising agencies and was behind famous ad campaigns such as Kraft Hockeyville, Land of Cadbury, and Bridezilla. And he's one of the youngest people ever to be inducted into the Marketing Hall of Legends. Tony also hosts Life Matters, a national radio show that airs on Fridays at noon on the Bell Media Network and has his own podcast called Chatter That Matters. Tony, I'm so glad you could join me today. Always a pleasure to be with you. One of, I'm a big fan of yours. I love what you're doing in the neighborhood, the community, and uh, so uh, I was honored that you asked me. Oh, thanks very much, Tony. So let's start off with the importance of a thriving Main Street. Well, it's everything. It's the, it's the soul of your, your village. And I think we all live in villages, even if we might be in the biggest city in the world, within that four or eight blocks really define your neighborhood. We always name them as neighborhoods. You know, there's Corktown, the beach, and Leslieville, and that for good reason. And the Main Street's the, uh, the artery. It's the, uh, it pumps the energy. It brings people to it. It, it creates the magic. And if you're a property owner, it also holds up the value of your home because a uh, thriving Main Street is, uh, is the first signal that you're, uh, you've got a thriving neighborhood. Yeah, it sure is. Now, I've spoken to you about this in the past and the concern about our neighborhood here in the beaches. And well before COVID, we saw signs of a, of a Main Street that was suffering. Absolutely. You know, and I think we, what we don't do a good enough job is realizing that every summer, hundreds of thousands of people flock to the beach and queen street which is our main street is what 300 yards above it and we don't connect the dots well enough so we see a lot of people get off they're enjoying the everything that the lake ontario offers them and the water's so clean now they can swim in it and the families are down and people are having incredible gatherings in the park but we're just not doing enough and i don't know why we don't have a trolley going back and forth having uh, some way to connect maybe every beach and every a lifeguard chair should be themed the name like that's the balmy lifeguard chair and 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 have and have that character of that lifeguard chair just like they do in south beach in miami also replicated as street signs on queen street so people really understand that it's it's one great place to play after a couple hours on the beach come up for an ice cream or a cold beer a sandwich and i think by doing both of those together People would really realize how special it is down here. And even when it's not a hot summer day, they might even decide that they're going to come back and have another ice cream or another cold beer at that pub or visit that store that they bought some, uh, some cool clothes from. Think of the beach. The beach has always been considered like a tourist attraction. And why hasn't it filtered onto that Main Street on Queen Street? I think there's just a disconnect between 
people that are on Queen Street saying we got to kind of compete. We just don't have the density to have a vibrant retail that they have in places like Leslieville where they've, they've really outfitted condos. So we really have to draw and think of ourselves as a tourist destination. I think at the Queen Street uh, business improvement area really said, you know, we're a tourist place. Yeah. We can bring tourists in. So what kind of shops should be there? What are the things that we can be doing? I'm a big fan of Key West and uh, in, uh, in Florida. And what they do so well is they really connect everything together so that when you're having the Key West experience, you could be down at the, at their beach, you could be uh, walking Duval street, but it's all one in the same. It's all part of the same visit and the same energy. Mm-hmm. And, and here, I think we're just disconnected. I would bet you that 85% of the people that come to the beach that don't live here during the summer don't realize what's going on in Queen street. They never go up. Conversely, we're also an incredible place to walk dogs because yeah. in the winter, we have miles and miles and miles of beach that dogs are allowed on. And we're doing enough to bring the dog walkers to Queen Street. Why, aren't, mm-hmm. why can't we push, you know, Tory to open up the pubs on Queen Street so we can have places for dogs to sit? <laughs> and, and really think about this as a community because this is a community of families, dogs, strollers. When I first got, you know, I got divorced and, and the real estate agent said, how about the beach? I said, the beach, I don't have a dog. I don't have a kid. <laughs> I didn't realize how special it is until we're here. So it's time we make the, the world's best kept secret. And that's what I consider the beach. We start, we start sharing it a little bit more because our retailers absolutely need that traffic. Boy, do they ever. There was a counselor that we had who criticized the residents of the beach for not supporting the businesses along Queen Street. And, you know, I, I didn't like that. So I went for a walk along Queen Street and I had a pen and paper and I listed every single business that I had used or frequented. And there were 80 of them, just me alone, 80 of them that I have used. So I started thinking, okay, so can't, I can't just be the only one who lives down here that's using all of these fine businesses along here. All of the residents want to see a successful area and they use the businesses as well, but we still haven't been able to, 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 to sustain them. I think we've got to really think about, you know, it's not just build it and they'll come It's build the right thing and they'll come. So when I looked at this summer and we started putting patios in the street, places like the Firkin had their best summer ever. Not a survival summer because of COVID. They had the best. And we saw people out in the streets and enjoying it. Castro and the music. Those are the places that are really defined the beach. I don't know why we're not doing more uh, arts and craft down here. Families can come in that are, you know, practice their craft, something, doing something together, get the kids off the screen. Why are we thinking this place is a place to play and imagine and reinvent? music classes and dance lessons and people just come in and create the energy. And I would honestly close Queen Street like we do to the Jazz Festival every Thursday and Friday night during the summer and make it a walking promenade. And I know this shocks people because this is 2020 and heaven forbid that Toronto was ever going to follow suit with other cities that have for 25 years. Let people wander by uh, with a beer in their hand or a sangria in their hand yeah. and go from party to place to place and have the shops open. So Thursday nights and Friday nights is a shopping promenade that people will come to every, and it will absolutely create a renaissance down here. That's imagination. And then when you start doing that, you say, well, people are coming Thursday, Friday nights. What else can we bring in? What kind of pop-up stores, entrepreneurs? And the, and the last thing I'll say on this is it's also upon us 
that the landlords that leave their stores that are not rented out looking like it's a third world uh, city, they should be, those stores should be taken away from them. They, they, you have to have the front of your store in, set up so that it's as attractive as anybody else doing commerce in your street. And you know the couple of places I'm talking about, that yeah, old Loblaw yeah. store that's been looking like it's, it's a, a squatter house for 30 years. That stuff is, is not acceptable and it's not something you do if you're part of the neighborhood. That's a good point. Now, I wanted to ask you about this because there always seems to be a lot of finger pointing when it comes to the lack of success of the businesses that we have along Queen Street. Number one, people will say, oh, it's the landlords, you know, charging high rents. Number two, people will say, oh, but it's the high business taxes. And then thirdly, could it actually be that there's a lack of business acumen on the part of some of these people who have opened their small retail outlets? I think it's a combination of all three. I'll give you an example. Gabe is a good friend of mine. He runs the Pony Club. I support Gabe with all my clothes. I love the guy. But I wanted to see him. I said, what are you going to do through COVID? He goes, you know, and then the shutdown. And I go, are you online? Are you, are you put changing your window so people can just, and nothing's happened. I said, Gabe, you got you to gotta change with the times. Put some stuff on e-commerce. Go on Shopify. Take your store window and go, these are great stocking stuffers. You know, like it, 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 nothing's changed here. Put yourself out in front on a table and say, what can I pick up for you? you find a way to reinvent and reimagine. And so I think that the opportunities, all three landlords are going to realize those high rates are no longer sustainable. People have moved their shopping online. So they're going to have to find a way with the lower cost of capital. Hopefully they realize that their cost of carrying that building's come down. So there's an opportunity for that. I think with, in terms of taxes, you know, the city of Toronto, I've seen very little in terms of uh, cost cutting pre-COVID. I, I saw a lot of spending going on. What can they do to get the taxes down so the merchants stand an opportunity to succeed? And obviously, from the merchant's point of view, I think there's a, I put out a podcast called Chatter That Matters. I put out a, a series on the smartest people in Canada teaching retailers how to drive traffic in basket. These people have got to take advantage of the content that's out there and say, what can I do to put my best foot forward so that as people are coming down Queen Street, it's exciting. It's got energy. Look at the distillery. The distillery was, a, it was a, uh, you know, other than a historic building, had nothing going on 15 years ago. Now it's a place people come to and meander. Exactly. People love to meander. We're social creatures. Guys. We, want, we want to be out and about. We want to be seen. We want to put on our fancy dress. We want to go and wander and talk and run into neighborhoods and have chats and sit in patios and have conversations. So there's no reason why the beach, with a combination of the the, the income in our neighborhood, the, uh, the, the, the values of our neighborhood, and the fact that we're flushing hundreds of thousands of people in, it should be one of the most successful uh, neighborhoods in the city. And instead, it seems to be always playing on its back feet. And that's what's so frustrating for us who live down here. Now, you have some great ideas. Have you ever spoken to the BIA down here or the local councillor about, about some of these ideas? I, I talked to the, there's a, I'm trying to remember her name. We've bought so many things from her. Uh, the Frame Place, right up the street from me, right across, right beside the Hallmark. It's uh, something images. And I chatted with her about some of the ideas. And she said, you know, the frustrating thing about it, the BIA, it's you got landlords there. Who's got influence? Who's got authority? I think the BIA is a brilliant concept, but I would like to see it more centralized sometimes and go, 
here are six amazing Valentine's Day ideas that you could bring in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Here's our, here's some of the things that you can do. Like, again, I'll go back to the idea, custom lifeguard chairs that are absolutely focal points. I want to take a picture of myself by like lifeguard chair. Like I want to take a picture uh, by the Toronto sign. That same lifeguard chair in a model is on top of the street signs at the top of Queen street. That same lifeguard chair is sold as a pop-up. It's sold as a picture. So that people start really meandering down the entire walk and saying, how many of these have I seen? Next thing you know, you have a passport. Every store that you go in within the balmy, that has the balmy sticker on, you get a passport sticker. And you just keep this thing moving and people get energized because that's what we want to have. We want to have some fun, treasure hunting, excitement. And what we don't need, and no disrespect, we don't need to have the street completely filled with services businesses because as important as dental offices are, they don't contribute to the energy. You got to have a balance. You need fashion and you need music and you need clubs. And I would, I'd love to see a great wine bar. I'd love to see just a bar where that, that, that people come in and, and they kind of meet up and hang out. Yeah, we're really not taking advantage of what we have here. Um, so what we're seeing in the beach is also happening across the city and a lot of the main streets across the city. And you recently wrote an article in the Toronto Sun and it was about COVID. And you said that basically that the small businesses have been kicked to the curbside while the big box stores remain open and online companies like Amazon are thriving. Do you think the province got it wrong? Oh, without question. Uh, they, they are reacting. I understand reacting when COVID first hit. I don't understand reacting now because you have data points. And if you're telling me a big box warehouse with the aisles crowded with holiday pallets, uh, people jammed in there, uh, meandering without any sense of social distancing is a, is a more safe place to be than a small business. I go, you don't have your data right. And if you tell me that Amazon in pick and pack warehouses jammed with people right now and trucks delivering and congesting their streets and landfill filling up with cardboard is better than our small business. So what happened is they had to make a move. They had to say, we're trying to get COVID in check. If you want to get COVID in check, I'm not a medical authority. The first thing I'd place is in retirement homes and long-term care facilities. First thing we got to fix is that. I don't see that being our focal point. If I was fighting a war, which is what COVID, and I found that was my weak flank, I would be shoring up that flank. But getting back to what I had to say about small business, this is the heart of our economy. This is the soul. Every one of them, almost without exception, has their life and livelihood connected to that business. Yeah. Not like they're sitting there with vast savings. This isn't just some part-time hobby. This is their life, their family. It's a family business. They go down, their entire family collapses. With that is stress and mental health. And they're not going to come back. They're not going to have the resources to start again. So just to give these guys cheaper rent and helping them with their salaries is a Band-Aid on a festering wound. It's time we open up these doors again or shut it all down and only allow grocery and only allow groceries to be sold and pharmacy to be sold to people at cost. But to allow the Loblaws and the shoppers and the Walmarts to be out there selling toys and everything else and our little guys are collapsing to me is just the worst policy I've ever heard. Yeah, it really is. And it's so frustrating to see that since the last shutdown, um, well, not the, I mean, we're in the, we're in this last shutdown or currently in the shutdown, but just um, over the last couple of weeks, we have all of these small businesses shut down 
And they were abiding by the protocols, probably better than the larger stores were. Yet, the numbers are still going through the roof for COVID cases every day. We're getting 2,000 cases a day. And the businesses, like you said, are going to have a hell of a time recovering out of this. Well, you look at our neighborhood, Mastermind. Yep. John Levy owns that franchise. I've interviewed him on radio before. I mean, incredible, you know, gift wrapping and you come in and you get stuff that you can't get anywhere else. It's not your, your formula stuff. It's a great place to treasure hunt. And he's kicked curbside. Well, he's a, it's all about uh, buying with your eyes, his store. He can't compete curbside. But Walmart's advertising uh, extended hours and they've got a toy flyer out. So you go, something's wrong here. And I'm not just small business. How about restaurants? Are you telling me that a restaurant, because they don't have, they, they know the data's wrong. Restaurants with all their safety pro- protocols and all the money they put into it. Is that more dangerous than buying a, a prepared meal in a grocery store? <laughs> is that more dangerous than buying a meal kit that's delivered to your door? Uh, it, so, I, I, you know, there, it's either the lobbyist of big business has done an exceptional job setting themselves up mm-hmm. or the government's just feeling they have to do something and they know that they can go after the little guys a lot easier than the big guys. And the way I described it to people is think of this as a playing field that we've all played soccer on, but this thing is tilted to the point. It's the sharpest ski hill you've ever been on. On the bottom of that, on that uh, ski hill our business is just falling off. They can't even stand anymore. And the top looking down is all the big boxes and they are having record seasons. It's incredible. So, you know, when you think of that analogy, you go, it's time that we stand up. And I just encourage people to write your politicians and tell them that, that, that this is not right. You cannot, unless they have the data. If you have the data, show me the data. But without the data, it's just political rhetoric and, uh, it's it's not helping. Um, let's talk about the of, of tying in the main street with residential. So here in in the beaches, we have the water, which is the big attraction. We have the beach. However, a lot of neighborhoods that I sell in as well, there uh, the people are buying because they can walk to a really cool restaurant. Let's say if it's in Leslieville or around the Danforth or Ronsi Village, mm-hmm. Bloor West Village, they love that part of it. How, how do we tie it in as far as value goes as well for somebody that's shopping for a house? Well, I think this thing that you've, you talk about in your industry and put a score to is walking scores. And walking scores is wonderful to say, oh, that's great. It's close to schools, transit, whatever. But what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And if I was in real estate, I would bring to life walking scores like you do guys, every time you sell because you have walked the neighborhoods. You've walked those 80 stores you talk about yeah. and tell people what it's like to be able to leave their house. Sometimes you don't even have to worry about locking your door. Wander up to your main street, go to your local, go to get uh, a, uh, some cheese and you know the person that knows your name. That's a walking score. Go to a school where you know that they, that, that, it's a school that absolutely understands uh, uh, tolerance, diversity, ha- value systems. And you know that your kids are being left in great hands with teachers that care. And when it's that kind of neighborhood, the value to your house goes up exponentially because it's where people want to live and be. But, so it's instead of just a place to sleep, it's the place to be. And if, you can start, if we can start thinking of that being, being there, being seen, being happy, being secure, being alive, being with my kids, 
uh, being with my, my, my parents or my grandparents, when you start thinking of the B factor and how important it is, I think that everybody that owns property or rents property even would take an even stronger interest in ensuring that the heart of their neighborhood continues to be strong. Hey Tex, how you doing? Ah, not too bad. What's going on? Oh, I'm uh, I'm looking for a Raptors vintage jersey. Do you have one of those here? Yeah, we got a couple of different players. Um, we have Stoudemire, we have uh, Vince Carter, and we also have Tracy McGrady. Oh, let's take a look at that Tracy McGrady one. Right. A large, actually, make it an extra large. Okay, no problem. Okay. Uh, there's a gentleman named Tex, and he owns Pro League Sports on Queen Street, and. He said to me that one of the biggest compliments he ever had was one of the one of his customers came in and they said, Tex, I hope you don't mind, but I told my son that if he ever runs into trouble or anybody's chasing him to run to your store. That's fantastic. Like that's a great story. That's a story that every real estate agent should be telling when they're selling the beach because it just says it all. And the same thing is, you know, when I look at our you know Easter parade, the jazz festival. Uh, it, it, the way we open our arms up and I go, that's a brand. That's a promise. So when I think of the BIA, I think putting flowers out is lovely. Uh, shop local and stickers is great. But to really understand the promise of, of this brand, which is the ability to uh, meander without worry, uh, to shop without purpose, uh, uh, to dance like nobody's watching, is kind of what the beach is all about. And to connect the two, I mean, I tell you something, you know, the more I think about this promenade, it's, just, it's, just, it's a shame that Queen Street is such an artery because wouldn't it be wonderful to have two blocks where the street was sand? Oh, <laughs> and, and it was a walking promenade. You could just walk in your bare feet in the sand. Can't do it because Queen Street's so important. Yeah, we have the streetcars as well. Well, you know, look, don't get me going on the streetcars. That's another thing entirely, but I'm not a fan of streetcars. I don't understand streetcars. I understand digging up uh, streets and and, the, and and having the most the same vessel every day, regardless of day part, coming up and down Queen Street versus today's technology where you should be going, that's where rush hour, here's what we send, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, something third of the size is going to suffice. But mm -hmm. that's I'm not a transit expert. I just don't understand. Uh, I don't understand why we're still in the streetcar business where every other city got out of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's another topic for another day. Um, you know, you know, back to the small business owner again, I'm going to tell you a quick story about the woman who cut my children's hair. Uh, it's Rosanna at Beach Kids Cuts. And I have black kids, so they love getting their hair cut a lot. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they could go in there whenever they wanted. And I would just go and pay afterwards. Right. They've, they're always welcome to go in. And there's also another business. It's called Delina. And it's a, a Middle Eastern food place. And it was close to the school where uh, the public school where my, my children went. And they could go in anytime and eat. And she just, you know, have a running tab for me. But they always felt comfortable being able to do that. I just said, yeah, if you're hungry, just go in there. And they welcome that. And when you talk about, uh, you know, um, in your in that Toronto Sun article about uh, going to these local businesses where they know your name, yeah. that it's, it's just a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful well, thing. What's well, the theme song of Cheers where everybody knows your name? Yeah, and that insight we want to be known. We want to know that 
there's a personality to it. I mean, Alex Cheese Shop, my, my wife goes in there to buy uh, some cheese and $130 later, she's come out. She's grazed about 15 kinds of cheese. But when she serves that cheese, she's telling a story about it, the pedigree of the cheese, where it came from. Uh, she, she imagines the farmer. She sees the country it's from, the fields that the, that, you know, where the cows or goats were raised. And, and it brings life to it. And that's what a small business does better than anything is they can bring life because more often than not they're in that business because they're passionate about being a butcher or being a, a cheese ampicero or being a publican. I guess what I'm hearing from you, Tony, is that the neighbors can do just so much when it comes to supporting the local businesses. I saw it a few weeks ago uh, when uh, Premier Ford announced on a Friday that uh, we were going back to lockdown um, on the Monday and on Sunday around Queen Street, everybody was out. Not everybody, but a lot of people were out supporting the small businesses. We were out. We, we dropped a lot of money. We went from store to store just trying to make sure that we could stimulate our local economy. And if you're seeing all of these signs and posters out there, you know, support local business, shop locally. But, you know, it's it's frustrating. It really is that doesn't seem that it's going to be enough. And you have some great ideas about attracting others in, you know, as, especially in this neighborhood here where it can be a tourist area. I mean, it is a tourist area, but it can really be a tourist area. Yeah. But I, again, you know, it, 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 I just put out a podcast called, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that came out of the U S Marines at age 27, motorcycle accident, gas tank exploded and he was burned. Right. And then he became paralyzed. Yeah. Mr. So, Mitchell, Mr. Mitchell, W. Mitchell. So I go, well, this has happened to you. What are you going to do about it? I look down Queen Street right now and I go, I see a little open sign in the window. I would put one of those gas heaters. I'd put it in front of my store. I'd stand out there underneath that gas heater. And I say, what can I get for you with a sign? You know, what can I get for you? I'm here to shop for you. What can I do for you? How can I help you? And still, I still see people at the back of the store. And I going like I would have uh, stocking stuffers under twenty five dollars, and you'd sell a thousand pair of socks because people don't know what to do for stocking stuffers. So I, I look and I go, absolutely, I think we're there to support people, but they've got to really look. Life's tough, but they got to be out there figuring it out. How am I going to help you do it? I'd be serving, uh, you know. Uh, the firkin with their takeout patio, I'd have the menu board instead of covering that patio right now going, you, you know, you're walking by the greatest wings in the city or the, or the, or the smoke ribs down at the uh, barbecue joint by Woodbine and, and just finding a way to be very much more out there. And guess what? You start seeing people stop and they're talking and they're getting things and they're picking up their packages. It's going to generate more energy. But if we just keep the doors closed, uh, I think the the sad thing is those those doors might end up staying closed. Yeah. Well, why are you not consulting all these VIAs around the city? Well, you know, again, it's I've thrown as much as I can out of the chatter that matters to small business owners. Each they're not about me. The stories where I, I I I interview somebody and I bring in three experts. It's there for everybody. RBC funded this. It's content that anybody can access. And the idea is like Joe Mimran when he talks about this guy created Joe Fresh. Spent seven minutes telling small business people how to brand themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I, there's 400 views to that. I said, to the, I wrote the BIA, I said, send this to all your members. This is incredible content. And p- 
people have got to uh, listen to this world. You got to help yourself and that content's there for you. Um, I, th and I think that the ones that do are going to uh, come out of this much more stro stronger and more resilient. And the ones that don't are going to sadly come out as victims of a horrible time in our history. And I hope most more people come out of it than become victims. Yeah, so do I. So just because you open a business, there's no guarantee for success, obviously. And as we're just about ready to wrap up here, what do you see happening now? You know, is there going to be, are, are, are these businesses going to be able to recover? Assuming that things get back to some element of normality, which also means opening the doors immediately. Mm -hmm. If we lose, if they lose the next two weeks, it's, a, it's, you might as well just, you might as well go, this must have been a massive plot to shut small business down. Oh, this, is, this is the holiday it's season. the conspiracy theories, but, sure. But all the things that retail used to be about, which was convenience, location, location. It was about merchandise. It was about promotion. It was about uh, uh, the, the product assortment. It was about all of these things have been taken away by online. Yeah. The only thing left is the place to be, which is the experience. So if I'm a small business owner, the one piece of advice I can give all of you, how is your place the place to be? Is it because you have knowledge that nobody else has, because you know people by name, because you've got, you're opening up people's curiosity. I'll leave you with one final story. I was working with Holt Renfrew. They always thought themselves as the most important retailer in Canada. They were preeminent. You go in there, if you weren't dressed up, they wouldn't even serve you. Hmm. If you, if you happen to get somebody's attention and say, hey, I'm looking for a pair of jeans, they'd point you to where the rack was. And so they were getting in trouble. So they, I went out and I visited a lot of their stores all over Canada. And I came back and I said, I've got the simplest answer for you. I, I'm embarrassed to charge you how much I'm going to charge you. And they go, what's the answer? I said, why? So what do you mean? Somebody comes up and says, I'm looking for a pair of jeans. Only hire people are going to look up and smile and say, why? What's up? <laughs> oh, I'm going skiing. Skiing? Pray ski party? Yeah. Have I got an outfit for you? Yeah. yeah Dad's coming in and going, yeah, I'm looking for, uh, looking for a cool little blue... Uh, New blue shirts. He's getting a little, yeah, why? What's up? He said, well, you know, I really, I like that image of kind of being out in the street contemporary, but I don't like wearing a tie. Oh, so what do you do? A real estate agent. Oh, buddy. And not only have I got some great shirts for you, a great, great uh, crew next for you, I want to, I, want, I got a jacket that you're just going to rock. And I'll tell you something. If you don't close the first deal with it, bring it back. <laughs> right? Next thing you know, they're selling into who you are in your moment. That yeah. to me is retail. It is. And I love what you said about building that experience for the consumer. It, it, it works in my business as well. Absolutely. Sell into the moment. Oh, that's great. Well, Tony, it's been so great to have you on my podcast. And I really hope that you can come back again someday. You know what? Let's make it amazing. And that's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. A quick thank you to our team at Podcast That Pop, my producers. You can find me at inthesixrealestate.com. Remember, the six is spelled the cool way, the number six, I-X, or feel free to email me at des at desmondbrown.ca. Whether you're thinking of buying or selling, or you just want to have a chat, feel free to get in touch. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown. 